Hello, I'm Renee Barabow, and this is the Shaman's Cave. And we today we're going to talk about commercializing shamanism. And for me, that means like, how do you go from, you know, you need a business and you want to promote yourself as a shaman, but how do you stay in integrity without moving so far into the sales pitch that you, you maintain your, your good work? Yeah, and I'm Sandra Ingerman, and welcome to the Shaman's Cave, and I hope that you're subscribing on our YouTube channel. Um, I think um, for me, some of the, the issue that comes up when we talk about um, shamanism is um, when do we oftentimes cross an ethical line because um, we're trying to uh, we're we're trying to improve um, our business on a particular level, or we're we're trying to get ourselves out there more for whatever reasons, good reasons. Uh, a lot of us just want to be in service, but sometimes we come up with projects that sound like they're going to be very popular, and they are. But are they, uh, are we moving into manipulation? Are we moving into trying to force changes that um, that's not what nature wants and that's not what the time is for? So it's a tricky issue. Um, it's a really tricky issue of we want to get ourselves out there, but not cross an ethical line. That makes so much sense. Recently on a wind walk, I was having one of my, you know, back and forth with the wind about like, you know, I worked for seven years to birth this book and to get it out. And then it got to Hay House and, and you know, and the, the clan is growing organically, but I want the clan to grow exponentially. And the wind just basically, they laugh at me when I get onto these tirades and said, Renee, I get that, Renee, you know, if we had been silent for 12,000 plus years, why do you think that just because you opened the cave and let us out that, you know, the whole world was going to say, oh yes, this is such a great idea, let's all change now. Like it might take another 200, 300, 400 years before people are really working in full cooperation with the wind. And thank you very much for moving the rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the other side of that, um, Medicine for the Earth is my deepest book. Um, it's, it's uh, or my most esoteric or, um, I was really in the energy field of um, Egypt because I wrote the book Between Two Egypt Trips. And it just, it, it did, it's actually done okay. It's just nobody really knows about the book anymore. And um, Isis said to me, um, she said, you know, you gave up on that book. And I was so angry with her when she said that. I was doing 
I was doing interviews every day. It was back, you know, that book came out in 2000. There was no Zoom at the time. It was phone interviews. I was on radio interviews every day talking about medicine <laughs> for the earth. How could you say I gave up on that book? But um, I'm still trying to figure out that message because I think that there was something deeper in it um, that she was referring she was, I don't think she was referring to sales. I don't think ISIS is concerned about sales. I think she was, there was a, uh, something energetic that I'm still working on, you know, which is part of the process is, um, you know, when we look at marketing our work, there's also a level where we're tapping into a level of creative uh, spirituality inside of ourselves that wakes us up to other issues. Um, and so, you know, we have this whole uh, hologram of things that we have to look at when we start to put ourselves out there. Absolutely. I was with a friend a couple of weeks ago and, you know, I told you about that movie I had that who stole the wind and I was happened to be with this movie producer and I was there like, you know, I didn't realize, but Who Stole the Wind was just a prophetic dream about 2020. I said, but I, I could go into, you know, 20, you know, 40. And she's there like, oh, no one wants that right now, Renee. And she goes, are you done with this wind thing? And I'm there like, no, I'm not done with the wind thing. And, and it's like, so my friend the other day says, well, you need to write it, the next book. And I'm there like, I said, who can get themselves all excited about writing the next book when this last one cost a fortune that I just finished paying off now, you know, and it's, it's, it's selling and it's, you know, it does all right on Amazon, like you said, but again, it's like, I don't want to give up and I want to keep going. It's except I believe it's really hardest to write the second book than the first book because the first book you really don't know and then the second book it's like you're really in there for the the right reasons because you just have to get this information out but something in me froze you know because it didn't get the grand you know it didn't get the grand surprise i wanted the you know the prize you get at the bottom of the cracker jacks and it just didn't happen that way and and it's a slow slow process yeah my book <laughs> My books were birthed very differently. It's writing for me is where my my bipolar part of Sandra comes out. I've never been given that diagnosis. I'm self-diagnosed. But um, every one of my books, it was um, an explosion inside of me. There wasn't, ooh, I think I want to write a book. Or there wasn't... Um, oh, I got to force myself to write a book. It was, oh my God, there's a book coming. And if I don't sit at my computer, I'm actually going to explode. I would, I would start shaking. That <laughs> energy would be moving through me and I'd have to get to my computer and I'd have to, every one of my books was like that. They were, none of them were really planned. And some of them were like medicine for the earth. You know, it took me, over two years to find a publisher. Nobody wanted it. They said that um, they they said that I was before my time with this book, and um, they said this time Sandra went too far. 
<laughs> and, and, um, and and so I couldn't find a publisher. Um, but my all my books were written without having publishers, all of them. And I had a the only one I had an easy time getting a publisher for was um, Soul Retrieval. That was that was it. Um, and so. Um, you know, that's part of the work that we lose to track back to where we are in marketing, that spiritual excitement. Um, you know, when you pick up a drum um, to do some healing work or to pick up a drum or a rattle or a wind whistle to do some teaching, or to sit at your computer to write a book, that spiritual excitement, your crown chakras open, you're, you're one with the universe. You lose that when you're just thinking about how am I going to sell the book? It gets, it, how could you not? you know, when everything becomes money, um, everything becomes marketing, how do you keep that creative, um, that creative impulse alive? You know, it, it changes. It's such a great question because, you know, even, you know, you start, especially so many people out there, they have a lot of information and they want to share it. And, you know, they, I think we get spoiled like places like, they see people like the Shift Network or Sandra, you know, with your 2000 people and what we forget or, you know, I don't forget, but sometimes that you've been doing this for 40 years. It's like when I opened my restaurant and people say it takes five years for, you know, a restaurant to be a profitable. Well, we're like a society where I want it now. Right. The idea and this is, you know, maybe what Isis was talking about is you gave up on this. It's like so like five years by five years i was exhausted i mean i lost my father my stepfather all of these other extraneous things it's like how do you hold on to that dream when life happens and so there's so much commercialization out there because we're seeing oh well this one just says oh you can get a hundred thousand dollars it's like blah you know i mean really it's just like it doesn't work that way or it hasn't worked that way in, in my experience per se i find myself busying myself with other activities while my clan grows you right. know and this is naturally growing and yet i'm doing other things and this happens too and you stay on the good good in the code of the good red road i suppose and that i i am working on the next book and I'm hopeful, like Sandra says, that I'll get up to Whidbey and I'll have this massive download because I tend to write better up there looking at the passage because I've been working it out and working it out and I know where it's going and it's in me to write that next book. It's a calling. It's a calling, yeah. yeah. And, and that's what we want to look at when we're talking about these kinds of issues is I find that if you do your calling, you will become successful, but it takes persistence. And I train teachers. And one of the lessons that I, I train my teachers is persistence. Nobody started out, you know, my original teacher was Michael Harner and everybody thinks of the Foundation for Shamanic Studies as this gigantic organization. 
he couldn't get people in his workshops his first few years. He, he, you know, he, he, he had nine people in his workshops, if he could get that. Um, and when I started out for years, um, when I was teaching in Chicago and they told me I had nine people, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I, I couldn't <laughs> believe that, that I pulled in nine people. I wasn't teaching because of money. I was teaching because I was excited about shamanism. And when you're that excited about something, when it's really coming from your soul and your spirit, your soul and spirit work in harmony with you to get your work out. And, and so I tell people and, and my teachers, I can't tell you how many of my teachers have shared um, the story of listening to my advice, which is rare for, for people <laughs> to listen to my advice. Um, that I told, I told people, if you cancel a workshop, if you have one registrant, that message goes out to the universe that you canceled and you're gonna have a hard time filling. If you do a workshop for one person, the next workshop you get three and you don't cancel that. And then the next workshop you get six and that's how all of us started out. That's how all of us started out. And all my teachers say that's exactly what happened. And the teachers who canceled because they didn't want to work one-on-one, -on -one, which is fine, that's, that's a, a personal choice. Um, uh, they said that they were never able to get a workshop going after that. Um, so there's something about saying to the universe, I am going to follow my passion and my soul's calling. And it's not about marketing myself. It's about putting out that this is my soul's passion and starting, if it's only one person, starting with that one person and watching. I mean, I've watched how my work has grown to a point that I'm confused by it at this point. <laughs> and, um, but trust me, I didn't start out like that. It, that was definitely not how I started out. And, you know, a bag of carrots a week was the most I could afford for many years. And life changes if, you, if you're persistent and you follow your passion. So you have to weigh the pros and cons. Or are you going to start a project only thinking about uh, how to market it? Or are you going to just do the project with every ounce of excitement and see how the universe dances with you to um, manifest that excitement in the world. Hmm. That reminds me, the first time I ever did a teleclass, it was the, the vision board class, and um, one person signed up. And I did it anyway. And it's the most shared page on my entire website. It's been shared like 50,000 times or something like that. But if I had said no, you know, and she's still a student today. I mean, or, or she's, you know, she's one of my you know, teaching assistants today. And the same thing happened when I was going to Omega. I thought, oh, you know, I've got this Hay House book. I'm going to Omega. And I had three people. And it was like, and they're there. Do you want to cancel? And I'm there like, no, 
and, and we had like a really, you know, a really powerful weekend. And, you know, one of the, the students is, you know, my, my teaching assistant now, because first you have to get students and then you have to get people who can teach your work. And if you, you stop at the people who come, then you never get to the people who are going to help, you know, share the work further. So I've learned that. And I usually have to, I'm not as gracious as you. I usually pout for a minute and then I'm there like, <laughs> and then I go, well, I'm going to give these three or four people the best workshop they've ever had in their life. And when you're in it, I don't think you know the difference between one or a hundred. No. When you're in the work doing it, it's like cooking a, a, a perfectly orchestrated dinner. So I, I, I'm with you on that. And it gets yeah. more exciting too, the more you build and know, okay, I'm at least going to have 10 people this time. And then yeah, I, think the, I, I actually think the wave of the future, this is um, my personal prophecy that I've been putting out is that with shamanism, I think we're going to see really small groups, uh, real small communities doing really, really deep work together. Um, and I think that that was how it was always meant to be. And I think that that's what we're cycling back to. So. Well, then I might as well just go write that next book and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and try to get the best advance you can get now. <laughs> right, exactly. I still paying off that last advance. But I will have to say I was really grateful um, for, for Patty Gift at Hay House for having the vision to know that this work was going to be something that was going to just be birthed and it was going to, you know, live for a long time in the, in the world. And you know, when I have those moments, I'm there like, wow, I couldn't have even predicted that. So uh, i thankful for the people who help us along the way, too. Yeah, and we have that in common. Patty Gift was, after two years of nobody um, picking up my book, Patty Gift was working for Random House, and she picked up um, Medicine for the Earth that I was just talking about. That's so interesting. She's got that foresight, that vision, and even, you know, for birthing things into the world that 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 might be way ahead of their time. So if you're one of those people with something way ahead of your time, what we're saying is that stick to it. Be persistent, really be persistent. And, and what goes along with that, because um, uh, we're just going to plant a seed here because we don't have time for much more. But um, always be looking at your ethics. Um, always be looking at your ethics. Uh, if your soul and your spirit are guiding you, you know that um, they're calling you to your highest purpose. But your ego can filter in and your ego can start to say, ooh, if I start to um, try to bring people in by saying we can manipulate or we can do power over or we can do and people are looking for ways to engage with how we use shamanism as a spiritual aspirin. Um, there's a lot of us who would love that, and there are people who look for that. And so we have to keep um, following our passion and keep watching our ego when our ego wants to come in and start to push us over an ethical line into any form of manipulation. You're no, 
if you're manipulating, you're no longer following the path of your soul or spirit. Absolutely. And I think that's what both you and I offer the world is that we give people tools to navigate those rough waters, to navigate that, that doldrums when there's no, no movement, because we can't promise outcomes. And I certainly never promise outcomes. And one of the things that I love most about the Wind Clan students who really are with it is they understand, you know, like one of them had to navigate their daughter having a serious illness and dying them, you know, dying into themselves and those types of things. And shamanism offers you tools for, you know, harmonizing your, your family and your community by you showing up better by you showing up as the best you possible. And that's the best we can hope for, at least in my estimation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think we got a little bit off the commercialization. I think we got more into our ethics around how we work. Yeah, but I think think that that says a lot about the commercialization, (laughs) because as I said, if you're just looking at how to create a business, um, it's going to be, even if you're successful, you know, you got the manifestor gene and you, um, even if you're successful, uh, how deep are you going to be able to take people? You know, your whole reason for doing this was just money-based. So, where's the spiritual um, aspect of that, where if you're going, this would really, uh, this is my destiny, this is, this is my soul's calling, then all of that, the universe um, conspires with you to make you successful, and then you have a completely different energy field for yourself and to bring your students into so it's just a question to ponder in a time when um, when people need work and start to look at, at ways of how, how can I make a better living. But especially when you're doing spiritual work, there are karmic consequences to only focusing on the financial aspect to it. And so think about these things and if you journey journey about these things that's why the spirits are such a tool for us in shamanism because they'll they'll say to you you're not doing this for the right reasons (laughs) and you're crossing an an ethical line you know they'll let you know so um so i think i i do believe we actually covered the commercial (laughs) aspect (laughs) So shine on everybody and make sure you uh, go over to shamanstv.com, sign up for our mailing list, subscribe to our YouTube channel and, and come over to the Shaman's Cave and why don't we have a conversation about this? You know, what struggles you've had, what you're trying to bring into the world and you know, where, where, what your questions around it. And I'll be happy, I'm quite a good businesswoman. So I've always, you know, most of my marketing has been for other people in my life. So, you know, come over, share with us, talk to us, and we're here for you. And we'll see you next week in the Shaman's Cave. Blessings, everyone.